Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is summertime in churches. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, we're going right to the heart of the matter. Dig it. Go for it. How much does attendance drop in summertime? <laughs> like a stone to the bottom? What are we talking <laughs> no. here? It depends on the congregation. Okay. I would say that our attendance drops maybe 10 to 15%. Oh, that's not nearly as bad as I was thinking. Right. This congregation is really unique in that. Okay. And that's something that you're going to hear a lot of in this podcast is that this congregation is weird. Our attendance doesn't <laughs> drop that much in the summer because we have an influx of visitors. Oh, oh, that's interesting. And so our normal members and our young families are off and gallivanting. Sure. But we get a lot of visitors over the summer months. People who are in town for vacation or in visiting their families or grandparents visiting grandchildren. Lots and lots of folks who are coming through town and stopping by and joining us for worship for one or two or maybe three weeks out of the year. Okay. So what is typical then? Because this is what I remember having come from the Midwest, which I'm using as my typical mm -hmm. meter. Yeah. Most of the churches would have more than one service on the weekend and mm -hmm. go to one service instead of having multiple services. Yep. Absolutely. And okay. my other congregations I've served did that as well. Okay. Where we would have two services during the academic year and one summer service. And first call, I'm thinking we might have lost 20 to 30% of our attendance in the summer. So shrinking down to one service in the summer really helps to keep okay. the sanctuary feeling full. Okay. But yeah, here where we only have one service... And all as far long. as I know, have only had one service. For as long as while. I've been here. Okay. And I think through the previous tenure of the transition, and I believe through the tenure before that, that there's only been one service. So our attendance, like I said, it doesn't necessarily have the same kind of fluctuation in number of folks kind of leaving. So yeah, we don't have a ton. Okay. With the little bit of drop that you do have, I'm sure it's noticeable because mm -hmm. it's a fairly big sanctuary for the yeah. number of people that tend to come mm -hmm. regularly. Mm -hmm. Do you notice that in the summertime, because tendance is a little lower, that you don't maybe put as much effort into your <laughs> sermons as maybe during the more well-attended times? It's a great question, and part of me wishes I could say, yeah, I totally get lazy <laughs> phone <it> in. <laughs> and phone it in, but unfortunately, or fortunately, this whole doctoral program, I can't do that. Sure. I feel like Len Sweet would be over my shoulder yelling at me if I did that. So I think it was last night I was on Facebook, and I saw a post where it talked about if your altar isn't wet with your tears and the pulpit isn't wet with your blood, then you're not preaching, you're performing. Oh, okay. And it was more eloquently said than even that, but I would say bleeding when preaching never stops. It doesn't matter if there's two people in the room or if there's 200 people in the room or 2000 people in the room. Okay. Like it just is what it is. So yeah, no respite on Sunday mornings. Sadly, <laughs> or greatly, I don't know, whatever way you want to take that. Sure. So how long does this dry spell typically last? 
the kind of downturn or where everyone sure. thinks the church is going Sure. Slower. If you have been in a congregation that went down to one service from two, what is about the time span for that? So oftentimes congregations use Memorial Day to Labor Day okay. as that kind of the markers. makes perfect sense because it's kind of how America typically views their summertime. Yeah. And so either Memorial Day, you go down to one service or the week after Memorial Day, you go down to one service. And then normally the week after Labor Day, you sure. go up to your two services and that's your rally day. We did a podcast on that years ago. We did. So... That's kind of the summer months. And I would say that holds true in this congregation. I would also say that within our rhythm, that holds all the way through September. Because we have a lot of our young families who are involved in academia. Yeah. And then they have their kids that are involved in academia. And so they themselves are ramping up for those first couple weeks of September. They're opening their classrooms. They're starting their classes. They're meeting new kids. They're getting their kids on new schedules at home. And so the pressure doesn't really relieve on them until the beginning of October. Oh, interesting. When they start to really return back to church in a rhythm for themselves. They've gotten into some patterns. Right. And, okay. and that's just unique to this congregation, I think, because so many of our young families have some kind of teaching aspect within their household. Okay. So along with attendance and other things and families taking vacation, mm-hmm. is this a typical time for the people who work for the church to take vacations? And it's hard to plan around that as well? If we're smart, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it would be a good time to take vacation. And so that's somewhat happening. And hopefully I get the information from staff in when who's going to be off on what week so sure. we don't all suddenly disappear on the same week. And we can kind of back one another up and hold space for each other. But yeah, I'd say that there's a good chunk of vacation time that happens for church staff over the summer because we definitely can't take it from like Thanksgiving to Easter. Mm -hmm. There's no taken vacation (laughs) between those time periods. Sure. So you really mostly get your vacation time like the week after Easter up until kind of Reformation Sunday. You can get away with taking time off in September, October if you've got a greatly functioning crew. But really, once you hit mid-November or Thanksgiving time until after Easter, you're in the marathon at that point. Okay. I know because my husband sings in the choir that the choir Mm -hmm. also takes a break in the summertime. Mm -hmm. Yep. Is there any other part of a typical worship that does that or is it unique to that? Musical groups. So chancel choirs and singing choirs and bell choirs oftentimes take time off. Sunday school and education programs oftentimes take the summer off. So whether that be adult education or children's education, they often take breaks. Sometimes even councils won't meet during the summer because people are all traveling and it's hard to get a quorum anyway. Sure. And there's not a ton of stuff happening. And so those kinds of things might slow down your monthly meetings of different groups might slow down. Okay. Again, I find this community to be a little unique in that it's rare that we cancel because we're looking ahead to the next stuff that's coming. Okay. And we're getting things in place. Like the personnel team is going to be going crazy, working lots. Mm Mm-hmm. This summer, getting some things in place, and then we're moving our annual reviews from the beginning of the calendar year 
to the end of the academic year, so we're not going to try to do personnel reviews between January and March anymore. Okay. We're going to try and do them over the summer months. Sure. Well, it makes sense. Just because it'll be hopefully easier to get people together, but maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? So this crew has a different rhythm. There's not a ton of summertime slowness around here at all. Oh, interesting. <laughs> So does that make it easier or harder to plan for some of this stuff then? Because you know mm. music, you're not going to have your regular choir, so now you have to find more special music for the summertime. Mm-hmm. And sermons, sometimes I'm guessing you may not have children for your children's sermon. Yeah, that's been throwing me off. That I would say is one of the strange pieces is when we don't have children for children's sermons. Do you just skip it on the fly or do you go? Okay. Yeah. This year we just had one Sunday where we didn't have a kid. And that's the first time in ages, maybe years here, that we didn't have a child in worship. And so I just asked everyone in the room, I'm like, okay, do you want the children's sermon? Do you (laughs) want one? Because I have it and we can do it together or we'll just keep it moving. And it was warm in the sanctuary. So we just kept it moving. Nice. Do you (laughs) save that for another day or is that a, I guess a three year cycle rolls around again? Yeah. Okay. It'll come around. Somewhere. It'll come around somewhere, somehow. So if you have instances like that where you either know you're not going to have something or you've been wanting to try something but didn't know how it would be received, Mm -hmm. would you wait and try the wacky stuff in the summertime when you may or may not get feedback one way or another? (laughs) Well, I know that the summer in between our musicians' retirement and while we were interviewing and looking for the new musician before Martin came on, we very intentionally used the summer for lots of different styles of music. Okay. We did, you know, a jazz service and we did a bluegrass service and we did, right? Uh We intentionally totally mixed that summer up musically. I would say I haven't thought about using the summer to try crazy preaching things. We do try to simplify the worship service a little bit. Okay. To make it a little bit shorter, maybe a little more compact, a little less formal. This year, the weird thing that I've done is I haven't worn an alb. Oh, okay. And it's the first time in my entire ministry that I haven't worn an alb on a regular basis to lead worship. Now, this hasn't been a particularly hot summer for Portland, nope. but this church does not have any form of air conditioning, and I'm curious yeah. if it's a hand-in-hand thing, because no. that's got to be a hot garment. But the thing with it is, is that I can wear a tank top oh, sure. under my alb. Right. So I can wear something sleeveless under my alb. And so it's not about coolness. It's honestly been about our sound system. Oh. Because my over-the-head microphone isn't working. And women's clergy shirts and women's blouses oftentimes don't have a place to put a lapel mic. Oh, women's clothing is terrible when it comes to any sort of pockets and usefulness. To put the robe on and to put the lapel mic onto the stole, Uh your head has to be turned a little bit one direction so that your mouth is always facing that microphone on the right or the left. Wonderful recipe for some sort of crook in the neck. Right, or people can't hear you. Mm -hmm. And so, but if you have a tie or a button-down shirt on, you can get that microphone centered and it's at least a little bit better. So since I've been using a lavalier mic for the first time in five years Uh here, I have not been wearing my robe. It's been very different. 
is it freeing or is it just wacky in a bad way? It is way? not freeing. Oh, okay. The robe is freeing because it doesn't matter what laundry I have or haven't <laughs> been able to get done for a week. <laughs> Practicality is the name of the game. Right. And it's like you need a pocket for sure. your microphone or at least a waistband. Women's clothes are not kind for wearing lapel mics. No. I used to walk with a woman who was talent on one of the evening news shows. Uh-huh. And she talked about the flackback she would get about her clothing, her hair, and her makeup. Those folks who are on the news have to pay for their wardrobe. Uh-huh. Like, it's not provided for them. It's not like they're costumed. They actually have to choose and buy those professional clothes. Yeah, it's clothes not Pat Sajak getting his wardrobe provided by a local menswear no, store. No, no. And especially when you're brand new and you're in a small town doing relatively small town news, uh-huh. right? So we would often commiserate. And she was very jealous of the alb. Nice. Because the robe takes your ability to afford or not afford sure, whatever would be needed. Sure, it's a uniform of sorts. Exactly. Takes that away. So that's been a big difference for me. I've gotten some negative and some positive feedback back on both sides of it. So Interesting. That's been the wacky, the wacky summer thing for Pastor Amanda <laughs> has been not wearing my alb. Nice. <laughs> okay, so because we're on a lectionary system, mm-hmm. you just get the readings yes. and everything else. Has it ever been that something has come up in the summertime? You're like, but... I got four people in the pews, and this is a message that more than four people should be hearing. Yeah, that's a great question. I think whether or not it's that the message or whether it's, oh, I think that one really would have resonated. Uh I think that definitely has happened in my past. It's a little easier now. I can always say, hey, I think this sermon was halfway decent. You can watch it on Facebook. Oh, okay. Now that we live stream and it's available. But you're still not holding on to it for a later date. Mm -mm. You're doing it. It's preached. Okay. It's out there. And now with recordings being out there, at one point before we started live streaming and while I was still manuscripting, they would go up on my blog. Oh, sure. And I posted my manuscripts on my blog so I could send them out and people could read them. And now... I don't have manuscripts, so people would have to actually watch and listen to them. Mm -hmm. And I'd say now I don't actually hear of people doing that. So maybe I could recycle them more now. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There's less proof that they were previously preached. That is fascinating. (laughs) I mean, from the standpoint of the person sitting in the pew, it seems like the greatest time in the world to start packing it full of the ones that you know pretty well. (laughs) <laughs> and then if you hear the prodigal son again, great. And if you don't hear, no problem. Right. <laughs> you got a solid foundation in that one already. <laughs> well, like this last week, it was on the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. And I think at the same time, it was very centered on current contemporary conversation. So it probably wouldn't preach the same Or how's this? I pray it won't preach the same three years from now. Interesting that we had moved forward. Things have changed Mm -hmm. enough from current context that in three years it won't preach the same. So that would be my prayer. We'll see what happens. Fascinating. All right. That's going to lead me to my last question. Once you've gotten somewhat in this summertime mm-hmm. in the living's easy, <laughs> slower mode, is it hard to ramp back up again? I would say I feel the pressure of getting ready for the academic year. 
Okay. And feeling like, but I'm just getting caught up on administrative stuff. Oh, that's the push and pull that's harder to get through. I'm okay. So I've gotten a couple of books read or I've gotten the big books all set up with the births and deaths and baptisms for the year. And I've made sure that the records are all clear and set and things have been archived and emails have been cleared out and all that kind of admin-y kind of thing is done and set up. But wait a minute. Sunday school's coming in four weeks, and we So it's not even just your own, like, here's a stack of books that I've been hoping to get to about the new stuff that's happening or things that have been published recently. It's purely administrative. For me, somewhat, yes. Okay. Or trying to get to visits that I haven't been able to get to because we've been having sure. so many regular meetings that I haven't had time to be able to drive around the city to get visits done. And so... Maybe I can get a visit or two extra into the schedule. Or now is the time that we're doing bigger visioning work. So we have a council retreat coming Mm -hmm. up on Friday that we will then be looking at planning from September through June of next year. What's the arc for the next nine months of work on visioning and goal setting and recruiting new leaders and equipping them and empowering like so that work is being done right now so that we're ready to launch once people feel like they are back in September so there's not much of a break no it really isn't I was kind of hoping you guys were kicking back (laughs) singing some kumbaya (laughs) I had that for the week of camp all right But there are confirmation dates that need to be set to set that program going and rolling. There's Sunday school curriculum to be chosen and set and teachers to be reminded. And there's parties to throw here at the end of the summer. And there's sending offs to do. And there's always something. There's always something. There's worship in the park coming up in just a few weeks. Mm -hmm. There's always something. There's always something rocking and rolling around here. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about summertime in the church. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. And so do I. Thank you all for listening along, and hopefully you are having a fantastic summer yourself. Do make time for a little bit of extra rest. Don't let the busyness of this pastor dissuade you from resting and relaxing on that hammock. It is a wonderful summer so far, and we'll pray that it continues to stay safe around our region for everyone, especially for the firefighters and those in that area. As we look forward to the weeks ahead and being back with you, remember, God loves you no matter what.